You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight, not here today in his place. My guy, Bill Bender of the Sporting News, national writer over there. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Bill Bender is a Packer guy. He is a fan of the Packers, just like you and I. So I figured nobody better to talk to about the Green Bay Packers than Bill Bender here on Curd and Long. Obviously, you can download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at. You can also check us out on YouTube, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page where we're live streaming this bad boy uh, as well and all of our other past Curd and Long videos for the most part. Uh, okay, Bill, so first things first, uh, defensive coordinator position, Joe Barry uh, let go by the Green Bay Packers, uh, even though their defense played fairly well the last several weeks of the season. Your thoughts when that occurred? I thought that was going to happen in that stretch between Tampa Bay and Carolina. But like you said, they turned it around a little bit, just enough that I thought maybe Joe Barry stays for another year. So it doesn't happen. There's word out there that Brandon Staley is going to interview for the job. Also not a surprise to me. And I think whoever they hire, there's so much first round talent on that side of the ball that they have to maximize what they get out of it. And I and I know the frustration for me watching them as a fan, as you said, was in that Tampa Bay and Carolina game, just watching the secondary play passive coverage, off coverage. You know, the Giants game's another great example of that, where the frustration with how they played defense with Joe Barry came to light. And I, and I know I'm not the only one that felt that way. Uh, no, majority of the fan base wanted him gone. I was, I was on that bandwagon as well after the Baker Mayfield perfect quarterback rating. Uh, at Lambeau Field with Tampa Bay. Uh, so I'm fighting with people uh, prior to us coming on uh, about this whole Brandon Staley interview. I don't want him anywhere near this football team, near the organization. I don't want him in the city. Just keep him the hell out. Uh, and this is well, this is why. 
Everybody say, boy, you know, when he was defense coordinator with the Rams, they were really good. Spark, they were one. Well, hell yeah, they were. They had Aaron Donald, Donald they had Jalen Ramsey. They had a boatload of money put on that side of the football. Of course, they were good. Then he gets a head coaching job. Now, again, he's a defensive-minded coach, right? They were in the bottom third defensively with the Chargers while he was there, year in and year out. And they put some money onto that team. Older players, I get it. But still, that never worked out there. Number two, is there a bigger bonehead uh, in big spots than that dude with the Chargers over the last several years? I say no. So now you're going to bring him in here, friends with LaFleur. You want that dude on a headset with LaFleur in a big moment suggesting what he would do to Matt if he was in that situation? I don't want him anywhere near Matt LaFleur or getting into Matt LaFleur's brain. Um, in any type of situation during the course of that game. Because again, they're boys, right? They're going to be talking. LaFleur referenced numerous times this year, different coaches, they made suggestions during a game that he listened to. And that's why something turned out the way it went. So now I, I don't, I don't want that dude anywhere near this team. I, I don't know if you're as passionate as I am about being anti-Staley, but I certainly am not in favor of that guy. Well, I mean, the knock is the head coach three and eight and one score games last year, 12 and 11 with the Chargers. And, and what do Packers fans get most angry about in these close games where what's really been the MO for a decade is Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love does enough to win the game and then the defense coughs it up late. And that's happened so many times, and that's kind of the knock on Brandon Staley. Are some guys different as a coordinator than a head coach? Sure. But, you know, again, you mentioned the, the relationship between those two. Maybe and that relationship with Joe Barry was very similar, why he yep. probably held on more than he should have. So I'm not opposed to them going outside the box with somebody maybe Matt LaFleur is not as familiar with, but is very good with defense. Now you have, uh, or maybe you haven't seen this, but a couple of other names that have come up. A linebacker coach from the Bills a defensive line coach from the Dallas Cowboys I saw before I just came on that the Packers have interest in talking to for the position. Do you have a strong stance one way or the other as far as whoever this defensive coordinator is should have some type of play calling experience in their background that they're bringing in versus this being the first time they're going to call plays? Well, no, I don't, but I want somebody that can organize the back seven better. You know, because there's talent there. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Quay Walker is a talented linebacker and the linebackers in coverage at times, not in the right spot. I get that happens in the NFL. I want somebody maybe with a secondary background because I felt like at times the secondary played well. But again, that's been the knock, the the coverages, maybe somebody that's a little more aggressive. I, I always go all the way back to Dom Capers. And I remember Packers fans complaining about Dom Capers. Yep. And I still like to scheme, though because they did get after it and the corners were not, they, they blitzed a lot. He blitzed corners. He would have safeties come. It was, it wasn't as predictable as people thought, but when they didn't get pressure, it didn't work. And that's what, it, what happened the last couple of years. They just didn't get enough pressure off the edge. You know, that's, that's the thing. You look at Shanahan and McVay uh, and LaFleur to this point, for the most part, maybe outside of Mike Pettin, who he inherited and kind of got stuck with. Uh, that's the type of defense they want to play is the zone defense, bend, but don't break, keep them in front of you, get pressure with your, your front four front five, uh, and make a quarterback have to dink and dunk their way all the way down the football field. That is what it feels like to me, right? So Joan, maybe you're changing the man, you know, coming back into coverage or whatever, but there isn't, uh, a wink Martindale type defense attached with any of these other guys. 
uh, that are running this same type of offense that Shanahan is running. And that's why when you see other guys' names out here, like Rex Ryan and Martindale and those guys, I, I just I don't see there's any way possible that that guy is going to go away from what all of his cohorts run that are running this offense that all came from under the same tree. I just, I, as much as some people want to see that, I just don't think any, there's any chance he's going to do that. Right. And well, you got to play to your strengths, right? And, and this is a defense that had 17 sacks out of the interior between Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt and Brooks. Uh, I would, build a defense around that. And Kenny Clark played amazing against the 49ers, by the way. He was having one of his best games of the year. I know he got beat up at times, but I I like what they have on the interior. I think they've got some good edge rushers. Obviously, Rashawn Gary's taking the next step. If Van Ness progresses, and I don't don't know about you, but I I thought Van Ness had the rookie season that I thought he would have. I didn't think he would be a 10-sack guy right away, but maybe he takes the next step. And then, like I said, if you fix the middle linebacker area – and, and the secondary, the makings of a really good defense are there. They've spent so many first-round picks on it, and I don't care what happens with Alexander. I mean, if he goes, he stays, whatever, there's still enough talent on that back end to be good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I agree with you that there's, there's a bunch of talent here. They obviously need safety play uh, of, of some sort, and they probably need another corner or two to go along with Alexander because I don't think anybody can have confidence of Stokes staying healthy or being on the field kind of going forward. What about uh, a guy that was in the running the last time uh, when they hired Joe Barry, a guy they offered the job to the last time before they hired Joe Barry, a guy that I've not seen mentioned for any interview in the NFL currently to this point, and that's Jim Leonard, the former Badgers D coordinator who had top defenses at Wisconsin. He did wasn't the benefit of having Georgia players or Alabama players or anything like that. And was still able to kind of come up with a really, really good defense. Now, again, that's a guy that has, you know, Mike Penton ties, Rex Ryan ties, and so forth. Uh, maybe not Joe Barry and, and Brandon Staley ties necessarily, but they offered it to him once before. Um, and I, I'm interested to see, A, if they're going to go back to that well, because he's just a consultant for Brad Bielema. And, and obviously, he doesn't want to move. That That's the whole part of this, right? He doesn't want to leave Madison, I don't think. Uh, and now, you know, you're an hour or two, whatever it is, away from Madison to Green Bay. You can still stay in the state. Um, still be close to the family and all of that stuff. To me, I think if they go back and offer to him again, I think he takes it. And Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast just had a poll, like a bracket out, NCAA style bracket out, right. all these different possible candidates or whatever. He had Jim Leonard as a 10, I think, and Leonard won the thing um, at the end of the day. So I would love to see Jim Leonard. I don't know your thoughts on Leonard uh, or anybody for that matter coming from college to the pros and making that transition. Well, he would be the one to take because of the way that his defenses were in college and what, what did Wisconsin have with him that, that I like linebacker play, you know, strong, good linebackers that weren't just solid against the run, but very good in coverage and and keeping things in front, but staying aggressive and doing it with Wisconsin guys. And I, I say that in terms of when they played Ohio state and Michigan they, they kept things in front. They make it tough on Michigan, and they still do on some level, make it tough on Michigan and Ohio State. So 
Yeah, I would be in favor of that if that's what he wants. I think he's at any at all. Again, it's not a, a, a crony type relationship. I, not that I know of. So no. maybe we're going outside the box a little bit and, and it would be popular with Green Bay. And I think the fans would give him a little more time. But again, somebody that gets the you've got the defensive line part of the middle of the field. Then you go linebackers, and then you go safeties, and and everything you know. And I'm just a guy that coached a little bit of fifth grade football a couple years ago. Right, but yeah. every high school coach tells me a good defense starts from the inside out, and, right. and the Packers got the first part figured out. It's those next two they got to get right. And like you said earlier, something with some type of ties to the secondary. Let him play safety in the NFL. I mean, this is a player coach type deal, right? where he's going to come in and go, yeah, I played safety in this league. I played special teams in this league. You know, I kind of know what it takes. And the other thing is with the draft coming up and Leonard having been in college football for the last several years, that's be a nice little benefit to have, to have your D coordinator kind of already know what he likes and what he doesn't like from certain players in college football. Because I think the, the assumption is they're going to draft a safety or two. They're going to draft a corner or two. They'll probably draft some type of linebacker to kind of play in the middle because I think Devondre Campbell is gone. Um, and you would want somebody that has some type of knowledge there that might be able to lend a voice uh, in certain situations of the type of player he wants on his defense. Something that back in the day, Ted Thompson could care less what Dom Capers wanted. Uh, oh, you want to play this defense? Cool. Here, here's Nick Perry, who fits a 4-3. But go ahead. We'll play with the 3-4, figure it out. I mean, that that type of stuff no longer exists. Now there's open lines of communication. I think that's another benefit of taking somebody from college in, in the aspect of he knows what he wants and he knows the talent that you're talking about in the draft. Another name that's been thrown out there is a defensive coordinator at Georgia. that The Packers should try to think about him because half this defense are Georgia guys. <laughs> right. So why not go talk to that guy? Right. Yeah. And they, they probably, they, they do well to draft another Georgia guy this year. Probably there's a couple coming out that uh, will be nice, but you know, the other thing, seven interceptions this year, just seven. That's so low. Like somebody that I'm okay with a defense that is going to take more chances if you create more turnovers out of it. Right. And that's something they need to do. And that's seven interceptions counting a linebacker, Quay Walker with one Rasul Douglas, who was traded with one, so you don't have a lot of turn turnovers coming back from the secondary you have. And, and that's stunning to me, you know, and I didn't, it didn't on me until I just looked that up that, man, they really didn't create turnovers with the secondary. And I want somebody, you know, a, a defense that can do that. Otherwise we run into the problems that like Tommy DeVito had, remember that he had the night of his life, Baker Mayfield, the perfect game. You mentioned even Bryce young and that lousy Carolina off 30 had, points. Had, had, yeah. And they, nearly got the field goal at the end of the game. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, very frustrating. And again, it was pitch and catch, right? I mean, you're just driving down the field, playing pitch and catch the whole way down as Packer DBs were five, eight yards off of you uh, throughout. The other thing that I'm kind of intrigued by here is with Engabare being hurt at the end of the season here, he's not going to be ready for the start of next season. So does this now lead you into a position of looking at another edge linebacker that can come in here and rotate in? Preston Smith's not getting any younger. Now, he said that I think he played well this year. I think Preston Smith had a really good year. Um, but if they decide to move on from Preston Smith, which I wouldn't, but if they do, they're going to have to find another one or two, maybe edge outside linebackers that can put pressure on the quarterback. Right. And, you know, mock drafts and we, Vinny Iyer does ours at Sporting News. He actually, does, he does a fantastic job. I'd say actually like, you know, surprised. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> he does an awesome job for us. And he all, he has a Green Bay mocked up to take the Oregon State tackle. Uh, looking at the CBS one, you'll see you'll see names like Kool Aid McKinstry. Yep. Um, 
but I'm with you. I, I think an edge rusher isn't the worst call because Preston Smith, while he did have a good year, he's getting up there. Uh, Rashawn Gary was great. I, I think that's one they nailed. And uh, I think Van Ness could take the next step, but then you need another one behind him. You want to have maybe four guys in that particular unit that can do that. And, you know, if that means spending another first round pick on a defensive player, at midseason, had we talked, that probably said, no, they need a receiver. They need this. They need something on offense. I, I would co-sign them taking a defensive player in the first round, depending on what the scheme is, who the new defensive coordinator is. I'm kind of expecting it to be cornerback, but I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm more than happy with an offensive tackle. We'll talk about the offensive side of the football. Coming up next is Bill Bender, Sporting News. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. Back after this on Cardi Long. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. You can follow my guy, Bill Bender from Sporting News, filling in for Ryan Horvath at MGM tonight. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92, national writer for the Sporting News. Uh, okay, Bill, so let's talk about the offensive side of the football. Uh, before we get to the offensive line and everything else, uh, your thoughts, expectations maybe that you had on Jordan Love back in training camp and preseason uh, and maybe the ebbs and flows of your emotions uh, with Jordan Love throughout the year. I exceeded all expectations for starters. I mean, I don't think anybody thought you talk back in August, hey, Jordan Love's going to lead the Packers to a 24-point win against the Cowboys in the wild card round at Dallas and look fantastic doing it. We would all said, what? Yeah, I'm taking that no matter sure. what happens the following week. Uh, you know, that he learned. And there was some late game situations early in the season, I uh, think in Raiders, Broncos, where, and even the 49ers at the end of the year where, there will be a learning curve in late game situations. I think they they hurried against the Niners. They did that same thing against those two AFC West teams, maybe the Steelers on some level. But those close games were good experience. I thought he did an outstanding job of spreading the ball out. And, you know, when you have that young group of receivers, not one of them, a thousand yards, that, that, that stat, what was it, that like somebody different led the team in receiving every month? I think that was awesome. And, and no he doubt. did great. And, at times, the offensive line got better in the second half of the season, and I think that, as much as anything, helped Jordan Love be – I mean, he was playing at an elite level. There's no way around it. He was great in the second half of the season. Think about this. You didn't have David Bakhtiari, your all-pro left tackle, outside of week one. You didn't have Aaron Jones for a half to almost three-quarters of the season because he couldn't stay on the field and be healthy. And you still ended up making the playoffs despite both of those. The guy replacing David Bakhtiari is a seventh round draft pick in Rasheed Walker, who, you know, was a turnstile against the Raiders, had his issues against the Broncos, had his issues for quite some time, but got better as the season went on. They ended up being the second best uh, pass blocking offensive line, I want to say, uh, in the league by the time the season was over. So obviously he got better. John Runyon had his struggles throughout the year at right guard big time. Excuse me. So you had to overcome that. Josh Myers was up and down, I would say, throughout the season. Um, and then, you know, you look at this draft coming up and you go, okay, so if we're going to assume Akhtiari is going to leave because his cap number is like $39 million, and they could save almost $20 million, I think, 
by releasing him. If Bakhtiari is gone, are you confident that Rasheed Walker, your seventh-round pick, is a long-term answer at left tackle? Adam Senevich during the season said, uh, yeah, no, I'm not there yet. Like, he's got other stuff to work on before I'm ready to say he's our long-term answer at left tackle. That was, I thought, was very honest and forthcoming about, you know, where Rasheed Walker is. Zach Tom's at right tackle. I think he's better inside at guard or center where, you know, that body size of his probably fits more. But he had a hell of a year at right tackle. Having said all of that, it kind of reminds me of Mark Tauscher from back in the day. I always thought Tauscher would have been an all-pro guard. And he was a very good right tackle, but I thought he could have been an all-pro type guard. And I, I kind of look at Zach Tom the same way. Go ahead, Bill. I talked long enough. No, you're good. No, <laughs> and, and here's the thing, as we often do. So if the Packers are going to go tackle in the draft, the, there'll be a run at that position. And uh, you wonder, and we always do this with receivers, are, are they going to get behind that run? Because Olu Fashano, the Penn State tackle, he'll he'll be off the board. Yep. But Felice Falaga, J.C. Latham from Alabama, that's that group. Uh, Amarius Mims though, from Georgia, another Georgia guy. Go figure. We just got to assume that they're going to draft a Georgia guy at this point. Um those are the ones that you you could invest in in, in a first round tackle. And it's been a while since Green Bay took an offensive player, but if you were going to do it, that would be the position to do it. I made a joke with some buddies this week about, I mean, isn't it a thousand percent foregone conclusion that David Bakhtiari is going to be wearing a Jets uniform next year? I mean, most people think that way, but that the cap relief would be good. Or if he does come back to Green Bay and is healthy, I mean, that's, an upgrade there. So, but again, in general, the offensive line played much better in the second half. And I think it was because Jordan love was making quicker decisions. Wasn't holding the ball as long, got out on the, uh, the rollouts a little bit better. He was just really good. And the offensive line was a reason for that. And, and it helps that he doesn't take sacks. Cause right. I think that, that again, I don't want to get into slinging mud at Rogers, but I mean, that to me is something that I think probably irritated guys from time to time where you're blocking your tail end off for five seconds and he still got the ball, um, you know, and then he gets sacked and then it goes on your record. But realistically, he should have gotten rid of the ball much sooner or done something to get rid of it. Uh, and that's for me, a lot of those pass blocking numbers on the offensive line is in large part due to Jordan Love making a decision and moving with the football or getting out of there and throwing it away like he's not taking sacks the same way Rodgers did the last few years of his career. No, and and like I said, getting the ball out on time, spreading the ball out, not trying to make the perfect play every time. And there were ups and downs. I mean, when you watch Jordan Love, impressive, spreading the ball out to all these receivers like we talked about, not having that one, as good as Devontae and Aaron Rodgers was, and I'm not complaining about that production. It was, it was nice to have a, a week where you were like, Bo Melton, what? Yep. He has 100 yards. What's going on? Uh, Tucker Craft, uh, they're getting it to the tight end. That was another big difference maker for Green Bay. They hit on those tight end picks. And both of those guys are young and athletic and get down in the field. Tucker Craft was a super reliable option for them. And Luke Musgrave, despite the injuries, also very reliable. And the tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend. So I, I was just thoroughly impressed with that. And like you said, you brought it up, not taking the sacks. That was huge. So you know, you, you don't do all those things. You kind of look, the missing piece to me was, man, Aaron Jones, the last couple games, you're like, if they had that all year, they would have won the division. They would have absolutely won the division. There's no question. Yeah, there, there's no question. And in the double tight ends, I've been talking about this. I don't think any team in the NFL has seen anything like this since Krakowski and the serial killer Hernandez. That was the last time you've seen a double tight end that are both could catch the ball. Both could get out and extend the field a little bit. 
Uh, Musgrave's getting better at blocking. Uh, Kraft is working on his blocking as well. But just imagine, you have all these young receivers, right? Christian Watson, if he ever stays on the field. But now you can have two tight ends out there on a semi-consistent basis and all the different offense and options this opens up for Matt LaFleur that a majority of offensive coordinators in the National Football League simply cannot do. Yeah, and 65 catches out of those two tight ends on 86 targets. I mean, that's just they did, the one thing they didn't get in the end zone a ton, which is fine. I mean, you mentioned when New England had Hernandez and Gronk, those guys got in the end zone a lot. I mean, it was eight touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. Right. And, but in the red zone, that's a difference maker. So, yeah, but ha- to have that reliability, I mean, 65 out of 86, I'm trying to do the quick math. That's really high. It's over 70% catching the ball. And that's great for Jordan Love. And then you factor in Jaden Reed emerged as what I thought was one of the most underrated slots in the game. And then you throw on top of it. I, I remember that, again, taking the writer part and putting the fan part on. When Christian Watson got hurt in the Chiefs game, I just kind of did that. Oh, man, like this offense is clicking at a super high level right now because he's that other piece, the downfield threat. They had all the pieces at that point. And if Christian Watson can ever stay healthy, I mean, they don't need to go out and sign like a big-time free agent at wide receiver. I would have thought so maybe week five, but now I'm like, no, this is fine what they have. Yeah, I don't think you have to touch wide receiver in the draft. I don't think you have to touch tight end in the draft. Running back, on the other hand, I would touch running back maybe once or twice. Uh, and see if you could find another running back that has some home run capability, I guess you would, I, I, I would say. I, I don't. I personally don't need another bruising running back like A.J. Dillon. I mean, I get it, thunder and lightning and, you know, coaches like that stuff. Give me a, a scat back, right? That's like, I don't know, 5-9 and it runs like a 4-3. Give me that guy that, you know, Jordan Love could pitch the ball to out of the backfield and let him take off. That guy could maybe return punts or kicks or whatever the case may be. They really have not had one of those guys. I don't know. I don't know who that last guy would be uh, that would fit that mold. But that is somebody that I think would be really nice to have in situations where you have Aaron Jones and this super explosive fast dude uh, out of the backfield side by side with Aaron Jones um, in a, in a spread formation. Now you're talking about some big time uh, issues for opposing defenses. Right. And they'll, they'll be guys. It depends on what they want. You know, just a couple that you you think about and you daydream, okay, what does this college running back look like in this offense? Jonathan Brooks is going to be coming off an injury for Texas. He's probably too high. Blake Corum would be fun in some ways, but he's not a, a real big he's pass catcher. No, he's not a pass catcher, right? So, you know, is Dylan Johnson a guy that could slip to them from yeah. Washington in a value pick? So there are some value guys at the back half of the draft that I, I'm with you. I don't need the 250-pound guy. You know, I want somebody to compliment Aaron Jones in a way that, you know, they can just keep it going. But they definitely need depth at that position. And, uh, you know, good thing that Aaron Jones is paid, at least for now, because he was phenomenal when he was healthy, especially in those last four games or so. He was amazing. The other thing that I want to see from this year to next year, the relationship of Love and LaFleur. Coming in, Love had never started a full season. So you're learning your play caller. The play caller is learning his quarterback. He's learning his receivers, his running backs, his tight ends. They both are learning strengths and weaknesses of all these young guys around him because neither one really knew what they had. So they are both learning together. It'll be fun to see come next year how this offense evolves and how much input Jordan Love actually has in which way this offense you know, kind of goes going forward. Right, and... and- 
you know, I think as we get into way too early NFL rankings for next season, depending on what happens the next couple of weeks, I mean, the, the battles between the Packers and Lions are going to be fun. You know, I had some fun oh, yeah. with in our editorial meeting this week. I was because, as you know, I write college football. I was like, so if the Niners beat the Lions by a touchdown, do I get to claim that the Packers are the second best team in the <laughs> NFC? And, you know, we got into all these talks about the transitive property and all those things. But I do think they're going to be a very it team this offseason because of Jordan Love. And, and we gravitate towards the quarterbacks first. And they should be a good team. I don't know that they – have they done the 17th game yet? That was another prediction. I thought they might end up with the Jets in the 17th game. but No, they and, don't have the Jets. No, well, that's good. The I don't Jets have to go live through that. I think the Jets go to Minnesota, I think. Ford, okay, then I don't have to live through that. That's good. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're going to be really good. But they, you can add in the draft, add in free agency – running back, defense, figure out who the defensive coordinator is. And yeah, I mean, they're going to be an NFC contender next season. There's no reason why they can't be. Take a quick time. I'll come back. Last segment ahead. I want to get Bill Bender's thoughts on the conference championship games coming up uh, this weekend, who he likes in both of those games. We'll do that straight ahead here on Curd and Long. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. And of course, you can also stream us or check out the uh, podcast after the fact on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Just search Curd and Long. Back after this. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM. The fan follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is Bill Bender of Sporting News, national writer, filling in for Ryan Horvath today. Follow him at Bill Bender 92. Uh, and all right, so let's get into the conference championship games. Let's start uh, right there as you left off there before with Detroit uh, as they take out San Francisco. I'm getting a sense that more and more are starting to jump on this Lions bandwagon after how the Packers played the San Francisco 49ers. May I remind some that Detroit secondary has been torched a lot uh, in different games uh, this year. Uh, so I think that is my one concern. If I'm a Lions fan is making sure that, you know, I and if Debo Samuel plays and Kittle and these guys, you know, don't get downfield on a regular basis against this Lions secondary. Well, it starts, I think Debo's going to play and I don't know how effective he'll be or what the, uh, number of targets will be but that opens up a lot of things and it took Brock Purdy against the Packers at least a quarter and a half to figure it out without Debo in game now one way or the other they're going to have a better plan for that and when he figured it out against Green Bay uh, he made better throws and like you said that that Detroit kind of funneled a passing game in they could get in a little bit of trouble against George Kittle's going to have a big game here I think Sam Laporta on the other side is going to have a big game here. So those Iowa tight ends of all people are going to factor into this game. I think Detroit's going to come in with a lot of confidence. And Jordan, uh, uh, Jared Goff, Jordan Goff, Jordan Love. I like Jordan Love. Jared Goff, uh, a little bit underrated in this one. I mean, I've watched him and you, know, you just wait for the other shoe to drop and it really hasn't in a lot of ways. He's having a fantastic season. I think what I've learned is Brock Purdy can be rattled and shook. Mm -hmm. Um and that is something that if I am Dan Campbell, something I'm telling my guys, hey man, whistle's done. Just run into him with your shoulder. Just just keep touching him throughout the whole game. If you don't get home necessarily, pump into him as you're going back to the other side. Like I think you can get into Brock Purdy's head. I really do. I, I think you saw it against the Packers a little bit. He got shook and rattled a little bit in the course of that game by the pressure they were getting and was making some horrible throws trying to avoid hits. They have the guys that can get home. It's just a matter of whether or not they will get home. 
And if you come on the other side of Trent Williams, you know, so not the Niners left side, but the Niners right side, I think those guys aren't all that great. And you can beat those guys in one-on-one situations. So it's an Aiden Hutchinson game. How much does he have an impact in this game? Can he have that impact in this game that throws off the timing of that offense? And, you know, of course, Christian McCaffrey's there. I mean, that that's that's just a A1 difference maker for the Niners. And their defense with the Lions out outdoors, that's a thing too. You know, I mean, when they have Chase Young and Nick Boza coming at them, good linebacker play. I mean, another X-factor player in this game to me is Jameer Gibbs. We were talking in the last segment about Green Bay and a running back. That That's the piece. That that's he, the guy. That's that, that type guy. It was a yeah. great pick, risky pick at the time, but a great pick by the Lions because he's such a difference maker in that offense for them. So it's going to be a fun game. I mean, I picked San Francisco to win early in the week. And that was with the understanding that Debo's got to play. But it wouldn't surprise me if Detroit won here. Now, I, I still think that the 49ers are going to win, and there might be an g- in-game decision or two that goes their way. But, yeah, Detroit really competitive. And then they're not not—they're going to be aggressive, that's for sure. We all know that by now. I see a lot of people saying, well, you can't root for a division rival, uh, you know, in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. <laughs> you want to bet? I guarantee you I'm rooting for the Lions against the Niners. There's no way, no how I'm rooting for San Francisco ever in my life. Well, that, that <laughs> will never, ever, 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 ever happen. So I hope Dan Campbell and the Lions get this thing done. Uh, thoughts on the AFC side of things, Bill, as far as uh, a critical matchup here, I think, for Lamar Jackson. We're talking about legacy-type building stuff. He needs to figure out how to get himself to the Super Bowl, and this is probably one of the better chances he's going to have because – this Kansas City team is not nearly as good as some of the past other Chiefs teams that Andy Reid has had. But they won't die. They won't die. The Taylor Swift thing will not die. I have that a feeling we're so going to give another two weeks of this. My daughter um, is a Swifty, and she, you know, it's one thing, and I think it is good. Like she'll watch, she'll sit and watch the games now. And if it's partially to see Taylor Swift for that two seconds and partially to pick up on some football things. I love that she's watching the games with me. So it's great. Um, Patrick Mahomes accomplishments are ridiculous at this point. You know, if you look at the the playoff record, the chance that he could win a third Super Bowl at his age at 28 and join that club that's Joe Montana and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Terry Bradshaw, it's not a very big club. And, you know, it's amazing what he's been able to do. Yeah, I think Baltimore is going to win. I think Baltimore, Kansas City's due to this whole thing's going to pop. And Lamar's playing great. Their defense is playing great. Every phase is playing great. But the Chiefs won't die. Like every, I thought that was last. I honestly, I thought that was last week with Buffalo, and it just didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. I have no faith in Josh Allen anymore. None at all. Uh, in those type of situations, I I think everybody's going to always lean with Mahomes. And coming into this year, there's question about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I was one of them. He played well last week. I, I don't, you can say what you want, but that D'Amico Ride Sexton's defense is nothing. It's not a slouch. They're pretty good defense. Uh, and they were able to move the ball and, and kind of, you know, take over it and run away from them a little bit in that game. I don't know. I guess I'm stuck. I feel like you're an idiot if you ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. That's what I kind of feel like. So I think most people are going to take Kansas City because they're going to look stupid if, if they go against Kansas City and then Mahomes wins. Everybody goes, how the hell did you bet against Patrick Mahomes? But McDonald has got that Ravens defense playing well at this point. Um, so it's I, I think it'll be a close game. Uh, and if there's going to be rain involved, like it sounds like there's going to be rain involved, that could change things a little bit too. 
And does that change things in favor of Baltimore? Because now when Lamar gets out and run, you're going to have defenders slipping and sliding all over the place. Uh, that might actually favor Baltimore a little bit. Well, I think the magic number in this game is which team gets past 24. Uh, Baltimore only gave up more than 24 points twice. Kansas City only once. I mean, uh, the, the underrated thing here is how good their defense is. Uh, you know, they their secondary's tight. Uh, Chris Jones on that defensive line, they do a nice job. Can they contain Lamar Jackson? The last time these two teams played, it was two years ago, but they got up in the high 30s. With the rain, with those elements in play, I, I really think you're looking at a 27-24 game either way. Lamar will make plays with his feet. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, and the, it comes down to those receivers catch the ball. Travis Kelsey, whatever that dip he had in the middle of the season, that's over now. He's He's got to have a big game here. And, and Baltimore, they're able to pressure in so many ways. Do they make Patrick Mahomes a runner? And, and I say as in when he breaks the pocket, they still hold on to their coverage. I think that's something to watch in game. And Quite frankly, do the Kansas City receivers catch the ball? Right. If they catch the ball, we have a ball game. But I picked Baltimore to win a close one. I, I think they've been the best team all year. I, and I would be, I think it'd be cool as somebody that covers the college game, had a chance to be around Lamar a little bit when he was at Louisville f- for him to get a Super Bowl. I think it'd be really cool. Could be the year of Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> wins the national championship in football. John Harbaugh could possibly win a Super Bowl with Baltimore. Jim Harbaugh at the NFL now with the Chargers. God help us. The year of Harbaugh. He is Bill Bender. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92, national writer over there at the Sporting News. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out 1250amthefan.com as well. Got some uh, fun interviews up over there with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette uh, talking about some of the stuff we talked about here, especially the defensive coordinator position and Joe Barry. Also, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Jim Ozarski, Milwaukee Bucks beat writer, about the Adrian Griffin firing, the Doc Rivers hiring that they still haven't announced for the Bucks. Uh, so that's up there, too. And then uh, over the course of this weekend, Kurt Hogue will be up. Uh, the interview I did with him earlier today on the Milwaukee Brewers' latest signings of Reese Hoskins, the Philadelphia Phillies. All that up at 1250 amthefan.com. Bill, thank you so much, man. Have a good weekend. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on.